Welcome to the Sky's the Limit with host D. Brown, the president and CEO of the P3 Group, the nation's largest minority public private partnership real estate developer. Here's D. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Sky's the Limit. Joining me on today's show is Ben Baltimore, my chief of staff for the P3 Group. Ben, welcome to The Sky's the Limit. Nice Glad to have you on the show, man. Nice to be here, Mr. Brown. Yeah, so uh, look, first of all, 23 years old, yes, sir. chief of staff, I want you to just kind of talk about your journey in, in terms of how you got here. So talk about your childhood. What did you grow up? What, what was your childhood like? Well, I grew up um, in Clarksdale, Mississippi, um, a, a town that we both are familiar with. Right. You're from there as well. Um, I came up, um, my, both of my parents were teachers. Um, I was an athlete my whole entire life. So um, I got a foundation um, about teamwork. Um, and I, I was able to build a work ethic. And I was just always able to be deeply rooted in um, not only community, but brotherhood. Um, starting with Coach Tyrone when I was about six years old, um, I started playing football. Um, I was always a star student. I excelled um, from elementary all the way through high school. Yeah. Um, um, but the highlight of just growing up in Clarksdale, I would say, would be uh, playing football with my brothers. And um, and it was a highlight as I was growing up. But as the older I get, the more I realize that I learned a lot of life lessons, you know, playing football from the age of six to 18. Right. And um, and those lessons carried me through my day-to-day life right now. So growing up in Clarksdale, Mississippi, uh, a lot of crime for a small community, uh, a lot of poverty. Absolutely. Uh, more opportunity to do the wrong thing uh, than the right thing. Absolutely. Uh, what were some of the challenges you faced personally growing up? Mm, I, I faced a lot of personal challenges uh, growing up in this small town because um, we are all a victim of proximity. And, you know, um, it's just as easy to 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 get involved in negative things as it is to be involved in positive things. And um, like I say, football was one of those things that definitely kept me away yeah. uh, from the streets. Um, um, unfortunately, my senior year in, in um, high school, my best friend was murdered. Um, he was a star football player. His name was Dave Young Hill. Yeah. Or we call him Day Five. Right. Um, he was a star football player, um, you know, highly titled throughout the state. And, um, you know, he used football as an escape from the streets as well. Yeah. And just just inevitable, the, the inevitable being from that town, you're inevitably going to be um, either a winner or a loser. And, and sometimes, you know, the streets can take you down and, yeah. Not to say my friend was in the streets, but just like I said, proximity. Right. Being a part um, of that community, people w- would rather see you be a loser than a winner. And I, right. and I feel like um, there was a, there was a pivotal moment in my life, you know, to to witness my best friend being murdered, um, and, and we did we, we felt like we did everything to stay away from those circumstances. Right. Um, you know, I couldn't even imagine what that must you know be like or feel like to to lose um, a. a a really, really close friend or relative to uh, uh, gun violence, and Absolutely. so of course I knew uh, Davion uh, because he was a friend with uh, friends with one of my sons as well. Absolutely. So I can only, you know, I I, I remember the day that right. I, that, I, that we received that phone call. Uh, you talked about learning a lot of lessons from sports and football. Yes, sir. What what lessons did you learn in particular? Um, number one lesson 
I learned that football is is you get what you work for in life. Yeah. And um I, I learned that playing football because I would always be one of the guys who uh, my parents took us on summer vacation. Yeah. And you know, um it, it became a point where I would have to tell my parents like I can't go with y'all this summer, you know, because I want that starting spot on the football team. Right. I want to be starting on Friday nights when y'all come to my games. And so I learned that um, taking those small sacrifices, like missing the summer vacation with my family in the summer, yeah. would in turn make me a beast on the field. And, and it, it would also show my coach that I'm I'm bought in to the process and I'm committed right. to what they were doing. And um, a, a thing I learned around here um, is pretty much you eat what you kill. Yeah, and I pretty much learned that exact concept, you know, on the on that football field growing up. Well, you know, I tell you know I talk to you and the rest of the staff all the time is that about the fact that there are so many lessons uh, that we learn in sports and athletics about winning, about being a champion, about having that winning mentality that you can't learn in a classroom or that you can't really teach individuals under ordinary circumstances. Absolutely. And if a person is able to take that winning mentality, take those that mindset, take that championship uh, uh, feeling that you that you want to have when you play sports, if you can take that and transcend it into your business and professional life, it teach you how to win off the field. Absolutely. It teach you it teach you how to win in business, teach Absolutely. you how to win in your career Absolutely. and in everything. A, a, a phrase that my coach uh, would extensively use in high school was. Um, you're supposed to kill a net with a sledgehammer. Right. And uh we just we just felt like that man, you're supposed to go out there and give it your all and you know, you supposed you supposed to kill. You see blood right. and you kill on right. the field. But in business and in my professional life, I've learned that, you know, if you have a small task and you put hundred and ten percent in it, you're definitely gonna get hundred and ten percent out. And and and, th- and that goes back to my coach telling me you kill nets with sledgehammers. And I and I try to keep that same mentality in my day-to-day life. Right, well, winning and success start with doing the small things right. Absolutely. You know, if you can't do the small things right, you'll never be able to do the big things uh, right. And that's one of the toughest lessons that individuals have to learn is that how do you always thrive uh, and pursue excellence? Absolutely. You know, in everything that you do. Absolutely. And you talk about killing a net with uh, with a sledgehammer. Uh, you know, we were talking about this a uh, couple weeks ago, maybe last week when we were in Illinois, mm-hmm. and we talked about the fact that, okay, I go in and I'm going to do, you know, eight, nine shows in, in one day. Right. And people say, well, you know, how do you do that? Because I want to kill everything that I touch and pursue. I want to kill it. Right. Right. I, I don't, when, when I do it and you see me perform, you, you I want you to leave saying, this guy right here. Is gonna give it everything he got, I, and I just want to. I want to win. Absolutely. I, I just want to win. Absolutely. I'm competitive. I mean, if we, you know, if we give him blood, I want mine to come out fast. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm just. I just want to win. Right. I want to win on everything I do, man, on every level. But talk to me about your journey uh, on your professional career. You came here initially as an intern, really with no expectations. Right. I mean, right. you didn't. I mean, you didn't you even expect to get. Salary. You didn't expect to get a salary. So. <laughs> Talk to me about, you know, when you first started P3 and, and how all of that played out for you. It was it was kind of, it was pretty much like a dream come true. Um, we had we had a guy, Jarvis Stewart. Um, he was just on um, your show, Self Made, on yeah. PBS. And um, as I was reading his bio to brief you for the interview, 
I read where um, he got his first job with Ron, Senator Ron Givens. And um, he was a college student at the time. And um, he, 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 um, he said that he sent uh, Senator Ron Givens some fan mail asking to be a part of Ron Givens' team. Yeah. And Ron Givens gave him his first shot. And it, there were a lot of correlations between that story and how I ended up here. Right. Because I remember um, um, maybe I was 10th grade. Uh, I remember begging your son, uh, Jay, like, man, tell your dad to give me a job, <laughs> a summer job, you know, and um, to the point where one time you came and picked us up from um, our field house and took us to Popeye's Chicken. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, my God, been in the car with Mr. Brown. Like, you know, it's like it was a big deal. But that 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 moment resonates with me a lot because um, I asked to be here. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm here. And so um, I, I remember just like yesterday when you um, you flew me out to Miami and I got on your yacht and I felt like I was being recruited to be a part of an NFL team. <laughs> and uh, you told me while I was in Miami um, to have my stuff together. And um, I was going to start work Monday morning. Yeah. And so I had a layover in Atlanta and I had like a six hour layover. Um, I went to K&G Soups in Atlanta and went and bought me three suits uh, <laughs> to start work um, here with you. But um, ever since I've been at the P3 Group, man, I came for an internship. Yeah. And I was hired uh, less than 30 days later uh, with a full-time position on the staff. And um, I genuinely feel like I have grown both, both personally and professionally since I've been here. And um, it's, it's, it's a wild ride, but it's a fun one. Yeah. Well, you know, so how, do, how does it feel... I, I tell everybody, I say, well, you know, Ben's a celebrity of the company because everybody know you. <laughs> I mean, if they meet you, if, if they don't know me, they meet you before they meet right, me. So right. everybody, everybody end up, you know, going through you. Everybody know you. Right. So how does it feel like, you know, you, you talk to so many different celebrities. One day you're on the phone with a Emmett Smith. The next day you're on the phone with a, a, a Deion Sanders, a... Deion Sanders, right. a uh, you know, Omarosa, you right, know, just, right. I mean, this goes on and on. How, how does that feel? Well, to be honest, uh, Mr. Brown, it, it feels surreal to me sometimes because I have to remind myself that, dude, this is the position you're in. Like, yeah. honestly, I have to remind myself, like, that I can call Emmett Smith and ask, can I get a table at his restaurant in Las Vegas? Yeah. I, I have to bring myself to reality sometimes to understand it. Like, dude, they still Emmy Smith. They ain't just your coworker or your buddy, you know. Right, right. But, but honestly, um, it's it's a surreal feeling to 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 know that that many people, especially you, my idol, my mentor, um, have the the respect, um, and and trust in me to to give me those, you know, uh, tasks yeah. and responsibilities. And um, just a funny story, man. Uh, one time, I remember um during the Orange Blossom Classic, which we were the presenting sponsors. Um, a donor uh, wrote a check to the company, and it said uh, <laughs> to the P3 Group and Ben. That's <laughs> just something I would never yeah. forget. And I, every time I tell someone about this story, they always congratulate me because they're like, "Dude, you are really doing good. You know, yeah. you, you're in a position where that guy really respects you and trusts you to lead his company." And I and I appreciate their trust and respect in me. No, absolutely, man. You know, you've uh, you've worked hard and you've come a long ways. I mean, I remember. Uh, the first day uh, that you landed here uh, versus where you are now. Right. I mean, 23 years old. You know, right. you still got a you know, long runway uh, out front of you, so so much more you can do. Right. Uh, but, I mean, you basically are living the American dream. Absolutely. You know? So uh, I'm, I'm going to get into some of the 
some of the fun stuff we do uh, at the company. So talk to me about the first time you uh, came on to Self-Made Super Yacht. What was that like? Self-Made. <laughs> I've been on Self-Made a lot of time, but I'm going to just try to, I'm going to try to tell you guys about my favorite time. And it's just so many. I'm just trying to think of an experience on self-made because I had so many good times on there. I actually had my first uh, lamb chops on self-made. I'll talk really? to you about that one. Um, we, we were, I think it was doing the Orange Blossom Classic mm -hmm. um, weekend. I had always heard uh, Dewan and Vinay talk about how good Sherry's lamb chops were. And so um, after a long day of working, of course, I'm always mingling with people. I, I call it at work, but it's, yeah. it's, it's actually just me mingling. Um, a long day of us just on the boat uh, with drinks and everything. I ended up uh, putting me up. I had Sherry, who was the caterer, put me up a plate of um, of lamb chops. Yeah. And I went back uh, to the kitchen, and someone had ate my lamb chops. <laughs> and so this was going to be my first time eating the infamous Sherry lamb chops. Yeah. But yeah. Um, to make a long story short, Sherry ended up having another place somewhere put up for someone else. Probably and mine. And I was just about to say, <laughs> let's just say I ate someone else's lamb chops. <laughs> so that's a funny story I yeah. have on self-made um, amongst many, many others. So, uh, so many different uh, ventures that we work on, work on around here. So, you know, obviously real estate development being our primary uh, business, our primary focus, and, the, and really the bread and butter of uh, what made the company what it is. Right. But we got outside of the P3 group, which we talk about all the time, we got all these other ventures. Uh, what's your favorite one that we're working on outside of the, of the P3 ventures? It's a lot of them, man. Um, I was on the phone with someone the other day, um, and I was just going through a list of what we were doing, and um, and then they started bringing up stuff. I'm like, how you know? <laughs> but um, I would say my favorite project. With all that we have going on, my favorite project is the self-made TV. Yeah. Um, the streaming channel we have, and right. it's because I I literally remember, uh, I I saw this from go from concept to reality. Yeah. I remember we had a phone call one day. Um, it started at four o'clock, and we didn't get out the phone to maybe eleven. Yeah. You know, and but this was the call where that initiated the whole self-made TV brand. Right. And um. It went from that conversation to me actually downloading, um, maybe maybe a month later or two months later, downloading self-made TV on my Roku TV. Yeah. And uh, maybe a few days later, downloading it on my iPhone. And when I download, I do everything on my iPhone. Yeah. And so when I downloaded an app that I've been working on right. on my on my iPhone, it, it was almost surreal to me. And you know, that's that's kind of the most. That's my favorite project of all yeah. that we have going on because I understand the impact um, of media. And when yeah. you can control media, that's it's power. It's, it's powerful. It's a powerful Absolutely. tool. Absolutely. But so through the self-made TV um, development and, and streaming channel that we're developing, we are onboarding mm -hmm. some really, really great uh, African-American produced yes. content that might otherwise not have an uh, international you know, worldwide platform Absolutely. to be viewed and seen and enjoyed. Right. Have you thought about the impact from that perspective, empowering uh, African-American producers and filmmakers yeah. to be able to produce films with modest budgets? Right. And a lot of them are really, really good, good. Right. Right? right? And the only place that you'll be able to see this work product would be self-made TV. Have you thought about that? I have, I have definitely thought about that. I had a guy um, 
submit some content from my hometown. And um, I've been watching him. He's a little older than me, but yeah. I've been watching his content since he started. Right. And um, it was amazing for me to just think about the fact that, for one, a guy who was older than me, of course, I may have looked up to him. Um, for one, it was amazing for him to have to submit his content to me for approval. Right. That was I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. But another thing was just the fact that I understand, like, this guy could really monetize the content that he's been doing for free, you know, right. on on a black-owned right. platform. And that was powerful for me um, just to know that it's a black person or black people out here that are actually sticking their necks out for other black people. Right. So um, I, I absolutely love the whole um, self-made TV platform and it's, it's one of my babies. Well, you know, the the but the platform is almost like that whole independent record kind of thing, right, yeah. where artists had that opportunity to figure out, hey, I can monetize my, my, my work and I can get more revenue right, right, by, right. you know, using right. this particular methodology, right? right. So it's really creating that platform for 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 producers and, and people with creative uh, mm -hmm. work products to monetize it mm -hmm. to the fullest mm -hmm. uh, and and really see some significant um, revenue build their authority yeah. uh, in the space and who yeah. knows you know where a lot of these individuals may may end up in the, in the long term absolutely absolutely so, but with the self made TV. Um, project mm -hmm. you know we have so many different variables that we are constantly right you know building right. and integrating so i can only imagine so have you thought about like the radio station component that we're working on yeah and, and that's another crazy thing like i just told you i love my iphone yeah and to know that i'm, I'm going to be able to log into a black owned app and pretty much do anything that i'm doing on itunes or netflix or youtube it's it's amazing and um the whole radio piece was was kind of astonishing to me because it literally came out of nowhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're about two weeks out of, out from lunch, and I get a, a call from my boss one day. <laughs> I get a call that, hey man, I think I want to do a radio station on Self Made TV, and we literally made it happen. Yeah, and you know, um, we have a moniker around the company um, um, that um, the P three group is a place where um, one uh, what's, what is it? Uh, difficult difficult takes a day and impossible takes a week right <laughs> and we do the difficult and the impossible impossible on the daily and um, every day and it is just amazing i love yeah. i love how fast we work and and i love our team i love that we actually have a team who is committed to the company's overall goals and that, right. is, that is success right and that's that's rare um you know especially in business because not only um are we creating work opportunities just think about all the mentorships right. and and all of the the experience that individuals are gaining. I mean, you know, look, I, I don't think people would ever leave the company. We are, we have never had anybody leave, <laughs> right, but right, I, right. You know, I don't think individuals leave. But somebody may leave one day, <laughs> right, right? Right. But if somebody leave the company, they're going to take a resume with them. That's second to none. Right. Absolutely. Second to none. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, you you have experience with real estate, real estate development. You know. Uh, Booking, entertainment. I mean, so let's talk about some other stuff. So we got uh, HBCU mm -hmm. with D Brown CEO, mm -hmm. Self Made with D Brown CEO, which uh, co-produced by WTVP and uh, PBS mm -hmm. uh, in Illinois. That's mm -hmm. a nationally uh, uh, distributed uh, talk series for both programs. Now, 
you saw that come to life too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to tell the story for the world how we collaborated with PBS. Well, that that story ends with me being on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so let's just say I got a call um, into my office, not a, a phone call. I had a hey Ben call to come back to your office. And you had just left a dinner party um, in Peoria, Illinois, where you met the CEO of PBS. And um, when I get in your call, I, I, I knew everything about the dinner party, but I didn't know what happened. Yeah. So I'm thinking you're just going to kind of debrief me over the weekend that you had in, um, in Illinois. Um, and when I get to your office, you hand me a card. And you're like, hey, I need you to call this lady and let her know that I'm looking to transfer my podcast to a video version and I want to have a TV show. And you and and I had I, I had a, a few weeks before this I had mentioned to you that I wanted to be a chief. Yeah. Hey Mr. Brown, everybody got chief in front of that name. Let me get a chief. Right. And so you say, Ben, if you can talk this lady into giving me a show on PBS, you'll be my chief of staff. <laughs> I wrote went in my office, wrote down a couple of notes on a sticky pad. I called Leslie uh Mutazak, the CEO of PBS. Um, I was nervous, so I did not read nothing on my sticky note, and I just let it flow out of my mouth. And um, midway through me talking, Leslie pretty much said, Ben, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked back into your office and said, Mr. Brown, you're looking at your new chief of staff. <laughs> that was funny. That, was <laughs> that funny. actually ended me, you know, right here. Right? Yeah, because, you know, I, 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 was, I was thinking initially, I said, I'm going to have my publicist mm -hmm. reach out and try to put this deal together for me. Then I thought about it. I said, because you know, I get I get a kick out of like getting you to do stuff right. that you have never done before. Right, right, I, like, right. Like right. that, I really get a kick out of it. And so uh, when you uh, when I gave it to you, I didn't really know exactly how it was going to turn out. I figured, you know, I, I figured we had some odds, but, <laughs> but I figured we would spend some time really kind of trying to negotiate it, put it together, that kind of right. thing, right? Right. But it was just like it was right. done. Yeah, Absolutely, it was done. And then we go, we shoot seven episodes, and, and at the end of number six, yeah, they say we want you to do another show, right, right. And we create, uh, we create HBCU over happy hour, right. We 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 were at happy hour brainstorming about the concept, and you know, just we both of those programs have you know cast African Americans, particularly mm -hmm. successful African Americans in such a positive light. Absolutely. It's, it's told so many stories about individuals that are out there making a mark on the world, doing things that people sometimes believe may be impossible. Right. And these people are doing it and right. making it happen. Right. And, yeah. and, it's, and I just love um, the word proximity always comes up, but I love to be able to be in those people's proximity. You know, um, I spend a lot of time with the guests as I bet them, bet them out, number one. And then I um, I pretty much take them through the whole booking process. So I get to know the guests. Right. And to to hear some of the stories I hear and, and just see some of the stories, see some of the success right. I see, it's it's astonishing to me. And, and, and more than anything, it is empowering to me to know that a guy could um, fail the 11th grade twice. Twice. And become a college president. Um, another guy oh, could be fail, fail the eleventh grade twice, got a GED. Yes, get a GED. Dyslexic. Right. Then went on right. to conquer all of that. Right. Right. Absolutely. PhD. Absolutely. Law degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and then a, the the president of a university right. college more than once more than once right more than right. once and to come from the same background you know that we come from right it's amazing to hear those type of stories and it, it really empowers me and it, it gives me something to go back to my community and preach to the youth or you know i may have friends who may not be on the right path and it just gives me the opportunity to tell them like hey man you're not, you're not the only person who, who who failed a grade before right or you're not the only person who had to go get a ged before you know like you you still have a life ahead of you right well here's the thing those individuals can uh, or any, any of us not just them but all of us can have setbacks we can have failures we can, we can have uh circumstances that occur that are beyond our control but th those moments don't necessarily define us absolutely it's how we respond and how we rise to the occasion that ultimately define who we are and what we will be so i want to talk about self-made tequila mm. and of course that's a, that's another exciting uh project yeah, so what are your thoughts about self-made tequila the self-made tequila i it was it's just amazing to me to to actually know a guy who goes to tequila mexico <laughs> and gets his own tequila <laughs> it's, it's kind of unheard of man but um the self-made tequila brand is is an, another exciting brand. You know, yeah. um, I love working on um, you know um, urban lifestyle brands is, such as self-made TV and yeah. you know the self-made tequila because it's kind of a it it, it fits it fits well within my my age. It's mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at in life where I, I may like to have a cocktail here and there or I may like to watch yeah. some TV here and there. But um, the self-made tequila brand is. It's amazing, man. I, I can't tell you how many people stop and ask me when I'm in at home in Clarksville, yeah. um, hey, when can I pre-order a self-made tequila bottle or right, right. Um, but actually I'm a tequila tequila is my um preference over uh bourbon or um whiskey or anything. Um I actually like tequila and so I'm I'm very excited about the launch of our tequila brand. Well, you know, again, I think the launching of the tequila brand, uh self made, uh D Brown CEO luxury sipping tequila mm -hmm. another example of being able to really decide you want to do something and just taking the steps to make it happen absolutely and i think that probably that's probably the most important thing that everybody within the organization get to see mm -hmm. day in and day out they get to see uh, uh visions mm -hmm. that just start sometime on a napkin or sometime on a conference call or sometime absolutely. you know on a little you know sticky note a sheet of paper they get to see those visions materialize into reality absolutely step by step absolutely right and so it's really rare for you know african americans in particular mm -hmm. to be in a situation to where they can see you know whether it's a you know a courthouse or a police station or a fire station see an african-american male mm -hmm. a man or organization uh you know build these facilities Definitely. and finance these facilities for the government and lease these facilities to the government. And then to see all these other, you know, developments that we create, whether it's self-made TV, whether it's the self-made yacht, you know, uh, uh, charter, you know, uh, business, whether it's the uh, tequila, the, the the self, we didn't talk about the self-made suits, right. self suits right? right? But to see these things just really uh, come to fruition uh, is a testament that uh, uh, here in America, you know, you're only limited by your work ethics, your ingenuity, 
and your willingness to sacrifice mm. for what you believe in. Mm. Those are the only, the only limitations we have. Absolutely. And so in, individuals who are willing to get up, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and put in that work and, 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 and stay committed to the process and stay committed and true to the cause, they can do anything they want to do right in America. Right. And I think that's one of the greatest testaments to this organization, this company, that we strive every day to make sure that we are putting our best foot forward, that we, we stand committed. And it's not, you know, it's, look, this is probably one of the most fun jobs in the world, right. but it's also one of the most challenging. Right. It's one, right. it's, it's, a, it's a job that is going to push you uh, to your limits. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to push everybody to the limits. Right. But at the same time, everyone know at the end of the day that it comes from a place of wanting everyone to be successful and Absolutely. everyone to be part of and enjoy the, the fruits of their the labor. Absolutely. One thing um, your wife said um, once kind of stuck out to me is that you taught her how to dream big. And that, and I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say I, I wasn't a dreamer before coming here, but um, another phrase I've heard in life is that the dream is free, but the commitment is so separate. Right. And it, and you you show us that we can all dream big, but if you don't have that commitment piece, if you don't have the mindset to put it all together, then it'll only just be a dream on the shelf. Right. And I absolutely appreciate that those those you know unsaid lessons or un or or you know not on purpose taught lessons right. because it, they actually show me that just like you said this is a miracle we could all pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and you know be where we right. want to be one day we we can we can choose to make excuses or we can choose to make it happen absolutely and i'm going to close the show out uh just going back piggybacking off your dream <clears throat> comment and of course you hear me talk about this all the time that you know everyone has a dream you know like whatever you want to do i guarantee you there are thousands of people they want to do the same thing. And so what's the difference between the one that does it and the one that don't? You know, it's that procrastination piece, right? Uh, I'm going to get to it tomorrow. I'm going to work for I'm going to wait for the perfect set of circumstances to exist before I pursue it. And like I told you, procrastination is the poison that kills dreams. And so as I close the show, uh, and I've, I've given this visual before, so imagine this visual. Um, you're on your deathbed mm -hmm. and, you, and, and the doctor has told you that you only have moments left to live and you look you look at the foot of your bed and at the foot of the foot of your bed you see all the angels and, and, and ghosts that represent all the things that you dreamed of all the things that you wanted to do all of your goals, everything are standing there and they're looking at you saying, you had the power to put us to work, to put us to use and not just benefit you, but benefit future generations through the legacy you could have created. But instead, you elected not to put any of us to work, the ghost of your talents, the ghost of your, your, your skill, the ghost of all the possibilities they're there and they're looking at you. They said, rather than putting us to use, you're taking us to the grave with you. Mm. Ben, thanks for being on the sky's the limit. I thanks appreciate having me. you, brother. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this has been the sky's the limit with D Brown, CEO. To find out more about D, go to dbrownceo.com.
or Google D. Brown CEO. To connect with the P3 Group, check out thep3groupinc.com. The Sky's the Limit is a self-made TV original production.